tell me what you think about small talk. I don't mind small talk. I mean, there are days where, you know, I don't know, you get on the elevator and you have your head down and you're thinking about something and you're kind of, your head's in the clouds and maybe you don't want to talk about the weather. But in general, small talk is a really good way to feel like you're part of something, um, to feel like you're part of your community. At work, it's a really good way just to chat, just to get to know people who you don't necessarily work with all the time. Um, but I noticed in the early days, of course, of the pandemic, when there was so much remote work going on and we were kind of cut off from each other, cut off from our usual routines, small talk is one of those things that really vanished. And although there were valiant attempts to recreate the proper conditions for small talk in forums such as Zoom and so on, it never seemed to work properly. It sort of became appointment viewing, didn't it? Um, and there was, you know, conversations became pretty transactional. Now that things have loosened up and everyone sort of people are back at work and uh, businesses are open again, we're sort of back to our old routine in many, many ways. I was wondering just how much we've been able to pick up our small talk habits again, or did that muscle atrophy a bit? while we were locked down, so to speak? Uh, did we lose our ability to chit-chat? Because it turns out it's a really important part of how we deal with each other in, in, in a lot of different areas of life. Um, so not to minimize the importance of it, but uh, it improves our mood. Again, the atmosphere at work, it increases our sense of community outside the office and the home. Um, so how, why is that? How are we doing these days? Uh, has the art of small talk been lost forever? Or have we found our way uh, towards revitalizing it after a few years where, or at least a little while, where we really didn't get, get a chance to uh, exercise some of our small talk muscle too, too much? Well, joining me now with more on that is Jessica Mathot. She's an associate professor in management uh, at Rutgers University who studies social networks and their importance. Thank you for your time. Thanks for having me. You know, often when we talk about small talk, I, I get the impression we don't always we're not always talking about the same thing. So for the purposes of this conversation, what qualifies in, in your mind as small talk? Sure. And, you know, it's really important to start there and kind of lay the foundation for what it is we're actually defining as small talk in part because small talk is small talk is such a polarizing topic, right? So some people really love it. Others absolutely hate it. So what do we mean by that? Well, small talk has a couple of really important features that make it unique from other types of conversation. So for one, it's scripted, right? So it's polite, it's lighthearted, it follows a really predictable script. So it doesn't take a lot of effort and it doesn't really require a lot of self-disclosure. And so people can re-energize through these brief interactions. It's often spontaneous. So it can occur without being planned. You can bump into someone in the hallway and strike up a conversation. We call these usually casual collisions, and these can spark really creative ideas. And a final feature of small talk is that you can have it with anyone. So you could have small talk with a best friend. You could have small talk with a stranger. And there's research on the benefits and barriers to both, but they all kind of end up having similar outcomes. Yeah, and you've touched on the importance of it, right? Which is far beyond, unlike many conversations, the importance of small talk really goes far beyond the words being exchanged or the information being exchanged. 
Yeah, that's right. You know, we found, and based on other research that had been done, that small talk really makes up a good chunk, about one third of our conversations, and that we've started to kind of develop small talk as a social ritual with our colleagues. Many of us have really built this into our days. So we greet people when we come into the office in the morning or we chat with coworkers to pass time. We take a break and we grab coffee and we re-energize before we go back to work. And so based on all of these aspects, we found that small talk serves several really important functions. So for one, it eases transitions between roles or activities. So we really rarely begin a meeting or pop into someone's office without a little bit of small talk just to grease the wheels. So it helps us move from one activity to another. We have small talk before meetings, before interviews, before performance evaluations, sales pitches, negotiations. It's a social lubricant. And we also find that small talk sets the stage for building relationships. So it builds rapport. It sets a positive tone for an interaction. It simply just shows that we recognize someone else's presence, acknowledging that they're there and that we're co-present. And so that really helped us study small talk in this particular context. So we were studying small talk uh, pre-pandemic while most people were still co-located in a physical workspace. And we found that on days that people people had more small talk than they normally would. They experienced a boost in mood and energy, uh, which then increased their pro-social behavior. So the extent to which they went out of their way to help their coworkers, and that it also increased their well-being and their ability to recover from stress at the end of the workday. Not surprisingly, and many of you who are listening to this might be thinking, well, it also is distracting. And right. we did find that, of course, right? So we're trying to do our work. We've got our heads down. We're in a flow and someone knocks on the door and asks a question. And it can be disruptive and it can be distracting. And it makes it difficult for us to return back to the mindset that we were in before. So it pulls our attention away for a bit. But the benefits that it added outweighed those negatives. Yeah. One of the things I found interesting in what you've been talking about uh, in the past is that how, and this was one of the issues during the pandemic when so many people were working remotely, is that often conversations within a workspace are, are relatively transactional and there's a power imbalance. So managers talk a lot, those who are being managed talk less, and that the small talk in some ways is the is the cure to that. And, and you know, it is the it is the remedy to, to that. If you feel like you do very little talking and a whole lot of listening, sometimes the small talk makes up for that imbalance. It's true. It can be the great equalizer, right? So everyone can participate. Now, it might not be the same across the board. So we might think about... Um barriers to engaging in small talk for people who may be expatriates, for example. Mm -hmm. So uh, previous research has found that small talk across cultures actually follows a very similar cadence, but the content of the small talk differs. We find that people who have joined organizations in different countries might struggle to participate in the type of small talk that others are having if they're talking about network television or sports. Right. It can be a barrier to participating. Yeah, I, I guess there is some navigation to be done, right? That's mm -hmm. that's part of the issue. It's such a reflection of of the culture that you're in, uh, mm -hmm. to some extent. What? Um, tell me a bit about what happened during the pandemic, because because I think a lot of this was taught was the art of small talk had been lost because we had so we had far fewer connections at one. All of a sudden, you know, we weren't just we just weren't bumping into people anymore. Um, mm -hmm. Do you feel like we've we've started to find our way back, or are we still has has that muscle atrophied a little bit? It's been a really interesting 
couple of years to study this topic. So you'd mentioned that, you know, small talk can be transactional. One of the issues that we were seeing is that in an office space where people are co-located, they have the opportunity for that spontaneity. That spontaneity is really difficult to mimic in a virtual environment. So meetings are more planned, more intentional, more transactional when we're setting them up and meeting on Zoom, right? We're not bumping into each other uh, unintentionally and spontaneously in the hallway. So that serendipity gets lost. Um, When we are physically present in a conversation, it creates this energy, this sense of co-presence where people feel like they're in the conversation together and they can engage with each other in a way where this natural transfer of energy occurs and we can read each other's emotions. Emotions, but that natural transfer of energy is eroding in a virtual environment. So we see each other on screens and our own faces on the screen, and that can get really distracting. And so it's really hard to have that same level of engagement in a virtual environment. And also one of the things that we were seeing during the pandemic is that this kind of chit chat just wasn't a priority, right? Like we were all pressed for time. We were experiencing Zoom fatigue and we were trying not to drag out these meetings for too long, but we should really recognize how meaningful just a little bit of small talk can be in combating social isolation and redressing some workplace loneliness. And so that small connection can make a really big difference. There was really interesting research that was done showing that even for organizations where their return to work strategies included a hybrid model where some days people were working remotely and some days people were working on site, if those days didn't uh, complement each other, where there were one or two employees who were coming in uh, to the office on certain days and others were staying home, the in-office employees felt lonelier. They thought, okay, I came to the office and now I'm here, but no one else is here and all of my meetings are still on Zoom. (laughs) So was this really, you know, a good, was this actually addressing the issue and remedying the issue? There are people who are studying what these return to work strategies look like and what those benefits are. And we're also seeing that while people are working from home, all of this kind of blurs together, right? So uh, there were articles that were coming out about how how people were missing their commutes because they weren't able to make that transition from home to work. They were just getting up, you know, getting ready and sitting down at their desk at home. And it was hard to shift that mindset from home to work as seamlessly as when we physically transition and interpersonally transition, where we see people, we chat with them, and we're able to shift to Uh, the work mindset. One of the things that I think we need to recognize about small talk, though, that's really interesting, and you know, some of your listeners might have heard about this news recently, where uh, there was a gentleman, an employee, who won a case suggesting that he does not have to have fun at work. Yes, I saw it in France, <laughs> right? right? Was that in France? Yes, yes. Exactly. And so, case. you know, and so, uh, you know, a lot of organizations are trying to really push these social interactions and this social fabric of the organization onto employees who aren't as interested, where small talk can kind of bridge that gap to allow people to build rapport, to create a positive relationship and these high quality connections, even if they're fleeting, without having to dive really deep into these relationships and create close friendships that make people uncomfortable or that blur the lines between work and home too much. 
Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think, you know, clearly as someone, I, I, I've often enjoyed small talk. That'll come as no surprise to anyone who listens to this show. Um, but I think within a, a physical environment, you recognize those who are comfortable and those who are less comfortable with it so that you you all interact accordingly, right? Uh, whereas if you're doing it, sort of forcing it upon people, you're then trying to throw everyone in the same basket. And that can be uncomfortable for those who who truly dislike that kind of social interaction. That's absolutely right. And, you know, we were see companies that were organizing these virtual happy hours. And I'm not sure anyone enjoyed that. No. <laughs> Even people who do like small talk, no. right? Because people are talking over each other and just the logistics of trying to have a group of people interact informally in a virtual environment can be really challenging. And we've seen a lot of these platforms um, exploding over the last couple of years where they're trying to create these virtual environments where people can join groups and talk and have their avatars and have it be a a little more similar to a real world environment, but it's really difficult to reorchestrate those those kinds of interactions. I, I think that's one of the most fascinating things that you've touched on is just how hard it is for us to replicate something that seems so routine and mundane, and yet we're, we're hard pressed to try to recreate it. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And, you know, we've seen some big flops from organizations. I want to say at least they're trying, they're recognizing how meaningful it is, how important it is. And some of them have misstepped in an effort to try to recreate uh, small talk in these informal interactions. But I have seen some effective steps that companies have taken. And this could vary by, you know, culture and uh, by employee. Uh, But some of the things that I've seen work are just really minor daily check-ins between coworkers to our direct reports, you know, just reaching out and saying, hey, it's been a little while, just making sure you're doing okay. Is everything, you know, do you need anything? Is everything going all right? We can also be a little more introspective. So assessing our own social health, right? A lot of the the time we were thinking, you know, am I getting enough physical activity now that I'm working from home? Am I, uh, you know, thinking about my mental health? But we can also think about our social health. Am I feeling particularly disconnected today? Have I spoken to anyone outside of my household today? Uh, And really making sure that we haven't unintentionally isolated ourselves. Because, yeah, it Um, it could be a bit of a slippery slope if you do, right? Right, right, exactly. And, you know, we lose track of that. And I think that happened a lot over the past couple of years is, you know, we thought about the best ways to create a work from home environment that allowed us to be productive and allowed us to be successful, not necessarily prioritizing the social aspect of what that means and what we might have lost. And we've seen a lot of reports about how nostalgic people were feeling for those social interactions and for small talk that they initially would have, you know, said was entirely awkward and inauthentic and annoying and frustrating and unnecessary, that they really longed for that small talk once they didn't have access to it anymore. Jessica Mathod, thank you so much for your time. Thank you.